So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Bid. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmasters, Nova Series 2. No clever message, just simple, no-nonsense precision. Learn more about the features at seedmaster.ca. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have a look at grain exports so far this crop year and they are booming. CN Rail says grain exports are setting monthly records for much of 2020. We have the latest wheat market summary from Sask Wheat and take a look at markets around the world. There's a feature on the new high throughput pea protein processing plant at Portage La Prairie and the need for crop from Saskatchewan farmers. And we take a look at the Beef Cattle Research Council's fall webinar presentations for producers. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by JGL Commodities, proudly serving Saskatchewan agribusinesses for over 40 years. Looking to market your grain? Call JGL Commodities today, 306-624-2378. Grain exports continue at a record-setting pace. CN Rail's Director of Marketing and Sales, David Shednovic, says grain movement totaled over 8.23 million tons in the first three months of the crop year, starting August 1st. CN shipped over 3.27 million tons of Canadian grain and processed grain products in October, with the volume of grain moved directly from the interior via container in addition to that. That is the highest ever volume of Canadian grain movement recorded by a Canadian railroad as well for a single month. Western Canadian grain movement alone was 3.18 million tons, or almost 14% above the previous record set in October 2019. That record would not have been possible without strong coordination and collaboration across the end-to-end supply chain, from farmers to grain companies, country elevators to export terminals, and CN's team of dedicated railroaders. They are essential to moving the economy, and that's especially important to remember in the middle of a pandemic. Shidnovic explains further. So CN's guidance for maximum end-to-end grain supply chain capacity outside of winter between bulk grain and processed grain products is up to 7,600 cars per week. Remembering that in order to achieve those levels requires no mainline disruptions, fluidity across shipment corridors, seven-day terminal unloading, and other considerations. During grain shipment weeks 10 to 13, which basically takes you through October, CN averaged just under 7,650 cars per week, so right in line with the grain plan. The new crop year began August 1st, and shipments are on a record pace. Through the first three months of the 2020-21 crop year, CN moved 8.23 million tons of Western Canadian grain and processed grain products by a carload, compared to 6.7 million tons at the same time last year, and 6.7 million tons for the three-year average. The pace to date is 22% ahead of the previous record, or 1.5 million tons. 
Shednovic adds containerized grain shipments are also moving at a record pace. CN has moved over 300,000 tons of grain direct from Western Canada via container over the first three months of the 2020-21 crop year. That is 50% more than over the same time last year, and it's also on record pace. CN has two major points for containerized grain movement direct from the prairies, Saskatoon and Regina. And CN moves containerized grain from other points, such as Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Calgary, in addition to all the grain CN moves by intermodal in eastern Canada. Last week, we set a single-week record for containerized grain movement out of the intermodal terminal in Regina, and weekly movement of containerized grain out of the CN Saskatoon intermodal terminal was the second-best single week ever. The vast majority of containers that come in from overseas are 40-foot containers, but Western Canadian grain shippers are almost entirely focused on 20-foot containers for export grain movement. That makes the pool of container supply available for containerized grain movement artificially small relative to what is actually potentially available if 40s could be used more. That is true of containers loaded in the country as well as stuffed at port, both east and west. Interestingly, it's completely the opposite situation in the U.S. where the emphasis is on 40-foot containers for containerized grain movement. All of the 20- and 40-foot containers are owned by the steamship lines and they enter into commercial agreements for movement of export product with cargo owners. CN moves the box the way the customer controlling the box wants it moved, whether stopping in the country for loading before heading to port, sending the container to port to be loaded with grain or other products and then loaded onto a container vessel, or sending the container back empty to port to be loaded on a container vessel. Shednovic outlines the factors behind the record pace of grain exports. The single most important factor during August and the first half of September was demand, plain and simple. Go back to August 2019 and we had over 4,000 cars in storage in Canada, stored because there wasn't demand for using all those cars. That wasn't the case this year, not even close. We don't have all those cars in storage in a typical year because we're moving more of other stuff. Everyone is waiting for harvest to come on and we're just starting the new crop year. Demand was strong right through, there was no slowdown, and carryout stocks have been drawn down to historically low levels. Shednovic says the early harvest also had an impact. Dramatically improved harvest weather compared to last year made a huge difference for grain movement in September in particular this year. And that was coupled with the much stronger demand that we saw. Last year, grain was slow to move into the system in September due to harvest delays. Crop quality was well below average. And the grain supply chain was struggling with a lot of tough and damp grain coming into the system. And there's no capacity to export position to dry grain. And grain exports need to be dry. This year's crop quality is above average, and it's dry grain entering the country elevator system. A high-quality crop means there's a less diverse mix of products entering the supply chain. Last year, we saw a lot of train staging being required to match the sequencing of trains needed at port, and a lot of that was due to crop quality issues. Lots of blending at port to meet export specs. All of those crop quality issues slowed down the supply chain last year. October has been all about strong operational performance combined with crop production that's in record territory along with strong export demand. Shednovic outlines CN Rail traffic in October. CN reports data weekly to the Association of American Railroads, or AAR. Through the month of October, between intermodal and carload, overall traffic levels for all commodities were up 5% on CN compared to October 2019. CN has also achieved record performance on other fronts as well in October, including record center beam spots in Western Canada. CN's not moving more grain because it's moving less of everything else. CN's moving record amounts of grain in addition to our overall traffic levels actually being higher than the same time last year. CN is acquiring 1,500 new hopper cars this crop year. Yes, some good news on that front as we've been able to advance the delivery schedule. 
We have already received 300 of the new high-capacity grain cars, with another 300 expected to be in service between now and the end of the year. We expect to receive most of the rest of those 1,500 cars in early 2021. Now, this order follows CN's 2018 order of 1,000 new high-efficiency grain cars, which are already in service. These cars are going to help CN continue to meet the growing needs of grain farmers and customers for decades to come. David Chidnovic is the Director of Marketing and Sales at CN Rail. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford Equipment dealer or visit SelfordGroup.com. The latest wheat market outlook from Sask Wheat says wheat production around the world was lowered 2.2 million tons this, this month, reflecting lower output in Ukraine and Argentina due to dry weather. Wheat trade this crop year is expected to set a new record with stronger demand from China, the European Union, Morocco, Pakistan and Egypt, propelling bigger shipments from Canada, Australia and the Russian Federation. Wheat ending stocks in 2021 were cut by 3.8 million tons this month, mostly on downward revisions in the European Union, Russia and the US. Canadian wheat shipments are at 5.1 million tons this crop year. Almost 1 million tons are 23% higher than last year. Large increases have been to China, up 244,000 tons, and Peru, up 280,000 tons. Durham exports have reached 1 million tons this crop year, down 7% from last year at this time. Of the total Durham shipments, over 33,000 tons went through the northern Manitoba port of Churchill in week 13. So far this crop year, there have been three shipments, totaling 96,000 tons of Durham shipped through Churchill this year. The Australian wheat crop is expected to rebound from drought this year and reach 28 million tons, 87% more than last year. China is expected to ban Australian wheat as tensions grow between the two countries. The Sask Wheat Outlook, prepared by Mercantile Consulting Venture, says the European Union is using more wheat for livestock feed due to high-priced U.S. corn. This is providing an estimated increase of up to 3 million tons of additional exports of Canadian wheat compared to last year to the European Union. The outlook says Durham prices are getting better, with some bids of $8.50 a bushel in southeast Saskatchewan. Um. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. I'm joined right now by Dave Carey. He is the VP of Government and Industry Relations with the Canadian Canola Growers Association. Right now, where's the focus for CCGA as you're talking to all the different parties within uh, within Ottawa? Yeah, no, great question. Uh, you know, I think there's a few different kind of tranches of meetings. Some are just introductory meetings where we have to just we have to create an understanding of canola growers and CCJ before we can kind of dive in. But if there were two issues to sort of zero in on, uh, you know, timing wise would be with uh, business risk management and, and agri stability uh, in the lead up to uh, this month's uh, uh, federal provincial territorial meetings of agriculture ministers. And uh, so that there's been a big uh, concerted effort by CCJ and by the agro coalition and other groups um, to push for the changes to agri stability. Uh, and the other one being, um, uh, uh, biofuels and the use of 
uh, canola as a feedstock in uh, in biofuels. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of media attention and controversy around the clean fuel standard and the liquid stream. Um, but you know, also being able to sort of parse out the difference between biofuels are a good thing for farmers. The clean fuel standard could be an enabling tool for that. You know, we're not sure yet. But really, biofuels and DRM sort of between now and uh, you know now and Christmas will be the uh, uh, the two big ones that are just sort of timely. Okay, let, let's. Those are two ones I definitely want to chat about. So let, let's start with the FPT. It's coming up here very quickly. The feds in the provinces, particularly the western provinces, not really necessarily on the same page up until this point in terms of who's bucking up. Are are you confident, based on your discussions, that uh, we may see some sort of change here once we leave these FPT meetings at the end of November? You know, always tough to crystal ball because these things, you know, whatever I say last forever. But I would say that, um, uh, you know, our ask in the Ag Growth Coalitions is the, the trigger returning to 85% and removal of the reference margin limit. My reading of the tea leaves at this point is that the removing the reference margin limit seems to be the area where there's the most uh, consensus between federal and provincial governments. There's other, you know, compensation rates and, and payment rates, et cetera, have been toyed with. Uh, the real see, crux of the negotiation seems to be around that trigger and who pays for it. And uh, I guess in our conversations federally is that uh, we certainly understand that agriculture shared jurisdiction, but constitutional supremacy wise, the uh, federal government does ultimately actually have more authority. And what we're asking for in these unprecedented times is that the provinces don't have the same, you know, fiscal abilities or, or boring powers, federal government that like in other sectors, we're asking the federal government to take leadership uh, and, and perhaps carry some more of the water, not, not long-term, right? You know, we've got another agriculture partnership framework coming out for 2023 that's the time to make the, the long-term fixes. Uh, we need to uh, uh, fix agri-stability so that we can you know, limp along until the next framework. So what we've told, uh, including, you know, Minister Bebo just as of uh, November 9th, just yesterday was, we understand the 60-40 federal provincial funding split is sort of non-negotiable, can set a precedent, but that's on the program uh, itself as it is. What we're asking for is creativity and uh the funding formula on any improvement. So if they increase the trigger, if they remove the RML, let's get creative. And maybe that does not be 60, 40. Maybe the federal government can hold more of the weight uh, on that. Uh, 90, 10, then maybe 20, 70, 30, et cetera. But we're, we're asking the federal government that has a mandate for confederation and their intergovernmental affairs that they have to be the ones to lead on this. Well, and the amount of dollars has been something that Saskatchewan, you know, we had uh, Saskatchewan Ag Minister David Merritt on, it's got to be about, a, about two months ago now. And, you know, one of the things he talked about is that you know Saskatchewan has so many of the acres that you know it's a huge financial burden in terms of which which direction this goes. So, yeah, no, absolutely, and, and that's certainly recognize that. And I think it's you know one of the things that we've done, uh, CCJ and our partners in the Ag Growth Coalition, is trying to tell the story about business risk management to central agencies, you know, to finance, to Treasury Board, Prime Minister's Office, Deputy Prime Minister's Office. And the thing that strikes me is they're very used central agencies and those outside of agriculture are very used to talking about uh, support programs as, you know, funding envelopes. You know, it, it costs this X amount this year and, and the same amount next year, et cetera. Where agri-stability is a program that in good times does not pay. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM.
The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather for today, clearing early this afternoon, wind southwest 20. The high minus 9 today, the low minus 12. Friday, partly cloudy, wind southwest 30, becoming southeast 20 in the afternoon. The high tomorrow, zero. Wind chill minus 18 tomorrow morning, the low minus 5. Saturday, snow and windy with a high minus 2, the low minus 9. Sunday, clearing with a high minus 4, the low minus 13. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 4, the low minus 9. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 3 the low minus 4. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 1. Normal high for this date, minus 1, the normal low, minus 11. The sun rose at 8.08 this morning. It sets at 5.17 tonight. And around the province, we have the hot spot at Maple Creek at minus 5. The cold spot up north Collins Bay, minus 22 degrees. Estevan is minus 12. Saskatoon, minus 15. Swift Current, minus 12. Weyburn, minus 14. Yorkton is minus 16. In Regina, with sunny skies, it's minus 14. That's 7 above Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south at 15. Humidity, 78%. The barometer dropping, 102.0. Sunny in Moose Jaw, minus 14. Winds are from the south, southeast at 13. Once again, Regina, sunny and minus 14. That's 7 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Yay. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems. Experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. Saskatchewan and Manitoba farmers could soon be delivering yellow peas to the high-throughput protein processing plant. It's under construction near Portage La Prairie. Corporate spokesperson Michelle Finley thinks trucks will be rolling in soon. Uh, we've had double shifts going and the weather has been very cooperative. So we've made a lot of progress. Uh, we'll be receiving our first loads of peas uh, in the coming weeks, in the next few weeks. Senior agronomist with Rocat at Portage, Bruce Brawley, says Saskatchewan farmers are in a good position to contract with the Manitoba plant. Field peas don't like wet feet. So in the Red River Valley, where it's heavy clay soils, we typically don't grow a lot of yellow peas because they'll just drown out. So peas, there are some small pockets in the Red River Valley, like the old sugar beet land, um, some of the lighter soils from the glacier dropping out. They can grow yellow peas, but most of our peas are grown in western Manitoba and Saskatchewan, where you run to uh, more the, the loamier soil. Roquette says it will pull 125,000 tons of peas per year, so clearly access to the U.S. market is important. In Portage La Prairie, our access to sustainable, clean hydroelectric power that Manitoba produces. Manitoba also has a very abundant supply of skilled workers. And the third reason is that Manitoba is in the center of North America and has terrific access to transportation routes by air, rail, and road. And our main growing market for plant-based protein is in... Is Estimating how many pea acres needed is tricky. So when you get yield variations from 35 bushels in some parts of Saskatchewan, upwards of 80, 80, sorry, 80, 80 bushels per acre in that Swan River area, 
it depends upon your mix of acres in the different regions as to how many acres you really need. And for me, I'm a risk-adverse type person, and I want to be sure that I can pull in the amount of tonnage we need for a plant. So what we've done is we've designed a procurement program where we try to source peas from a, a fairly wide geographic area so that bad weather in any one area will not impact the, the, the volume of peas coming to the plant. Typically, Brawley is seeing Saskatchewan farmland producing about eight-tenths of a ton to the acre. But some areas, such as Swan River, may hit 2.3 tons per acre. So he estimates yellow peas blended out over the region registered about 1.2 tons per acre. He adds protein content is tricky as well. We're really much at the mercy of Mother Nature as to what type of year it is as to what level of protein. Uh, proteins this year seem to be coming in a little on the lower side. They're around that 21 and a half average percent protein, 21 and a half, 21 and three quarter percent. We would like to have we would like to have as high as protein as possible, but again, it, it, it's just what Mother Nature will will allow that pea plant to fix. The company has a preferred variety list. They pay a premium for some of these varieties since they are identity preserved varieties, IP for short. Plant extracted protein is in high demand these days. Pea protein finds a huge market in livestock and pet food. It's nearly a complete amino acid. It's highly nutritious and it's a very versatile product. So our, the, there's no limit on the ways that pea protein can be used. Uh, we're here to support our customers as they develop those new foods and um, respond to consumer demands. And um, we're pretty proud of our innovation pipeline. Roquette's been in this business of plant-based proteins for 40 years. We're the industry leader, we're the most progressive, and that's why our customers partner with us because we can support their innovation um, very quickly. Um, I think what you spoke earlier too about what's leaving the plantary, and I wanted to um, just, you may not be aware that the plant will also be producing a significant amount of animal feed. Um, Roquette has been in the animal feed industry for a long, long time, and we're very proud that the pea plant is not going to have very much waste um, after the protein is produced. Um, nearly every part of the pea will be used in some way, shape, or form. Our goal is to be as sustainable as, as possible, and as part of that process, um, portions of the pea will be used um, to create nutritious animal feed for, um, for pigs and cows and other um, animals as well. Other parts of our peas also go into pet nutrition. So pet food is a, a big user of um, pea starch, and, um, and so I think that's some things that people may not think of when they think of the plant. Bruce Brawley is a former Manitoba Agriculture Pulse Crop agronomist and now with Roquette. Michelle Finley is the company media spokesperson. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth. 
online at landforsalesask.ca. Each winter, the Beef Cattle Research Council presents a series of free webinars for farmers and ranchers interested in learning about decision-making tools and resources. In many cases, cattle and forage producers can immediately apply practices discussed in the webinar directly on their farms. Ellen Crane, Extension Coordinator with the Beef Cattle Research Council, explains. It's an interactive way for beef producers to hear about new research and innovations and get practical science-based production advice. So they may feature researchers, veterinarians, uh, other industry experts, or uh, even fellow producers who discuss topics of interest to those in the beef industry. The next webinar will take place Wednesday, November 18th, that's Wednesday of next week, at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time or 8 p.m. Regina Time. The webinar on November 18th is called Calm and Calculated, What Key Financial Tools Can Help You Achieve Success on Your Farm. The speakers for this webinar is Melissa Reinhardt. She's the Manager of Business Development with Farm Credit Canada in Red Deer. And Brett McRae, he is a beef producer from Manitoba. And on this webinar, they'll be talking more about uh, information that's needed to make financial decisions how to have a good relationship with your creditor, and what to do if you're turned down for financing. This season will include presentations on on how to use on-farm data and benchmarks to optimize ranch profitability. These sessions build upon interactive record-keeping tools and resources that the BCRC, the Research Council, recently added to their website. The series will also include other timely beef and forage topics. So for the remainder of the webinars for this season, we do have a bit of a focus on some record-keeping and benchmarking, but we do have a wide variety of topics that may be of interest to uh, each each producer. Uh, We have the reproductive failure in beef herds, Uh, that's the cause and effect and when to intervene. So that will be a panel of veterinarians from across uh, Western Canada that will be speaking about that. We also have meeting your production goals, records for animal health and performance. Uh, We have a couple of uh, experts on that one. We also have the breeding goals, practical genetics for beef production. And we'll have record keeping for forage and grassland management coming up later in the spring. And if producers are unavailable to attend in real time, they should still register at no cost because everyone who registers will receive a link to the recording so they can access it later. So if they're interested in participating in a webinar, it's very easy. Uh, You just head over to our website, beefresearch.ca, and under the resources and then webinars, you'll find a link to register for the webinars. You can register for the entire series or you can register for the individual webinars that you are interested in. For beef and forage production information and webinar listings, visit www.beefresearch.ca. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornsson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading 
Canola gained 260 at 514.57. Number one red spring wheat dropped 346 at 233.36. The rest were unchanged. Durham 288.44. Feed barley 209.70. Flax 671.75. Lentils 629.50. Oats 201.53. Yellow peas 319.39. Feed wheat 183.72. Minneapolis spring wheat December futures went down four and a half cents at 550 and a half cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. And now the latest Livestock Quotes. Hello, cattlemen. Junior for Heartland Livestock of Yorkton with your market report for the week of November 11th. We had a real nice run and offer here this week, even with the winter conditions we had over the weekend and on Monday, with 1,908 head in the pre-sort, 252 head in the regular sale for a total of 2160 for the week. On the feeder cattle, the market was trending steady to five to eight cents higher in certain classes. The buyers were very aggressive on a very strong and powerful set of cattle on offer this week. Here are a few highlights. 150 block steers weighing 562 pounds at 219. 117 block steers, 631 pounds at two bucks. 103 block steers, 494 pounds at 239.50. 439 pound buckskin steers at 238.50. 632 pound red X steers at 201. And 565 pound red Angus steers at 215. On the heifer trade this week, they're still 25 to 35 cents back from their brothers. 489 pound black heifers, a buck 98. 650 pound black heifers, a buck 75. And 491 pound buckskin heifers at 204. On the cow and bull trade this week, we saw them steady to last week. D1 and D2 cows, 66 to 72 with a high of 75. Your D3 cows, 56 to 64. The cows average 63.50 on 225 head. The bulls this week average 96 with a high of $1.475. The quality of these bulls is low and the yield is even lower. Once again, next Friday, November 20th, is our monthly sheep and goat sale with receiving Thursday from noon till 8 and Friday 8 till 11, which is sale time. Producers, we have five pre-sorts left for the fall run and they are filling up quickly, so please call ahead to get your cattle booked in. Once again, this has been Junior for Heartland Yorkton. The market was one of the strongest row of order buyers and between the three of us sorters, over 100 years of experience in sorting. Thank you and have a great day. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, 166.63 per CKG for both the Brandon and Moose Jaw plants. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Olympic Buildings. See them for ag buildings, riding arenas, hay barns, and more. Build with confidence. Olympic-buildings.ca. Calfrac Well Services says its third quarter losses widened as revenue was down 68% from a year ago. The Calgary-based company is reporting a loss of $50 million in the quarter compared with a loss of $29 million a year ago. Revenue dropped to $128 million from $399 million in the same quarter last year, but was up 40% from the second quarter. Calfrac also announced its capital budget for this year has been further reduced from $55 million to $40 million. Shell Canada is launching a drive carbon neutral program today, giving customers a chance to help fight climate change. 
It allows customers to help Shell produce or buy offset credits to reduce net carbon dioxide emissions from the production, refining and burning of fossil fuels. The program will be offered free of charge through Shell's EasyPay app until the end of December. Customers who choose to continue after will be asked to contribute two cents per liter to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Shell Canada says similar offerings have been well received in Europe. On the markets, Canada's main stock index was down in late morning trading amid broad-based losses on the Toronto Stock Exchange, while U.S. stock markets were mixed. The TSX Composite Index was down 56 points at 16,717. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 134 points at 29,262. The Canadian dollar traded at 76.33 cents U.S. compared with 76.55 cents Wednesday. The December crude oil contract was up 16 cents at 41.61 a barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 145 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good... You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.